Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Sandy Pars Podcast, your source for in-depth discussions about the world of golf for the amateur golfer. We're your hosts, Randy Duran and Ryan Munoz. On this episode, we review and recap Indian Valley and discuss what makes a golf course great. Stay tuned after the break. Welcome to the Sandy Pars Podcast. We're your hosts, Randy Duran and Ryan Munoz. Yes, sir. Back. We're back after an uplifted episode on 420. Uplifted. That was uh, that was fun. A little that was bit, very fun. It's it kind of uh, trailed off at the end after I listened to it a second time. Yeah, I was, yeah. I can't. <laughs> but I, that's what, I can that's agree, what's to be expected. It, it's to be expected. Um, we got an Indian Valley course review today. Um, we're going to recap our rounds out there and what we thought of the golf course. Um, we are also going to discuss what makes a golf course great. I think that'd be a good discussion. So. Um, Let's just get into it. Uh, we played Indian Valley on Sunday. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Got our tea time was 740. It's in Novato, California. So I thought it was going to be like a 30-minute drive out there. It's actually about 45 to 50 minutes. A little bit out there. No reception. The yeah. No no phone reception for the day. Um, but it's be- it was beautiful. It was. It's it was like out there nice in, the, in, the, in like the, the hills and, and mountains out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, it's no, as if it was located between horse two ranch right there yeah. uh, by 18 and we saw so you're out there um yeah. yeah it was it was beautiful beautiful day um it's a very nice little north day feel north bay feel to it um i also got a feel like the place was a like there was like a like partial membership or something out had there. to have had to have been a lot of old timers out there yeah um, everybody knew everybody seemed to know each other yes yeah um, great course. It was 6,400 yards, which doesn't seem far, uh, par 72, but it has a slope of 124. And we said this last week, the average is 113. I mean, that's just something that I've learned recently. So kind of puts things into yeah. perspective. Um, just a recap of the round. I thought, I thought it was a really fun golf course to play. And we'll kind of get into the details of that later when we give the review. Um, but I thought, you know, I think we both played, we, we both had highs, we both had lows throughout the day. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I agree. It was a very fun course. It has, again, we'll get into them, some, some corks, but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I think the, the first hole was a really uh, a microcosm for my entire round. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't get to warm up, so... Um, and that's no excuse. I just absolutely pulled a drive into the shit. Not the best way you want to start. Then I hit a good second shot. Unfortunately, that was kind of caught behind a tree. Mm-hmm. And then I hit another good third shot out of that and onto the green and made a bogey um, with the the errant tee shot. Um, but or actually a double bogey because I took a drop, um, which I'm glad I did. I could have played it out of the hazard, but. No. Not trying to do that on my second shot of the day. Just take the cold. Drop and, yeah, uh, yeah. You're coming off a shoulder. Exactly. That was my my more so my fear was hitting out of that shit. I did not want to uh, screw myself up hitting a terrible shot on the second swing of the day. So, um, but yeah, ups and downs definitely. Uh, yeah. I think for both of us, like you said, uh, it's you know we weren't we've never played the course too, so that I don't really expect to play super well on courses I have I haven't played. Um, just because you, you don't know kind of the lay of the land and certain things yeah. to know. Did help that we were with some vets out there. To, yeah. Uh, shout out Jim and Al. Dude, those guys were fucking, those guys were, were pretty good. They had game, for sure. It was awesome to watch them play. I mean, they both had like, well, Jim had like a little bit of an awkward kind of like ended up on his front foot type of swing. Yeah, like but he, he just made it work. Dial. I mean, he sends, he sent, he, sent, he must have hit every fairway with yeah. his drives and he didn't have, he had distance too. Yep. So, um, and then Al went on a three bogey or three birdie streak, and almost, he, almost had four in a row. Almost had four. Um, no, those guys had game. Um, it left me help, hopeful. Uh, for when 30 years from now, when we've been playing golf for like 40 years and, um, yeah, that will actually show it's a game of skill. Um, but they were very skillful. They were helpful on the track as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, what went well for me, uh, would be, I think I hit, I I played really well with my irons, um, throughout the entire day and also like out of some, very bad spots as well um yeah. so 
that's what went well. What what didn't go well is hitting irons out of bad spots means that my driver must not have been been doing too hot. Yeah. Um, and I was I was it was embarrassing. I was I was everywhere. I was uh, hooking them. Then I I was I would hit a couple absolute great drives, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was losing them. I was losing them out left uh, with the two way miss. By the end of the day, so the driver was disappointing, but the irons were were on point throughout the day. What about yourself? Uh, I mean, I would totally agree with you on pretty much that. It's just on the on the back nine, I really turned it around. Um, yeah, you did. You struggled there through the front, but you got got into a nice little rhythm on the back nine and played some good golf. Played some good golf. Uh, I hit, I think, what one? I hit one fairway on the front nine, and that led to a birdie. That was on number three. Um, that's really what screwed me in the on on the front nine. I just couldn't find a fairway. I was slicing everything way too much. I mean, I, I I've been talking about on here that I'm trying to play the little fade, and when I'm playing well, that's what I got going on is just the little fade. Um, but with uh, you know, I shortened the driver a little bit, mm-hmm. and I feel that I might just be swinging it a little bit too hard now because it's lighter. You know, it's a yeah. It went from being a pretty light stiff flex to even lighter than that. So, yeah. um got that issue i think hopefully resolved i just started swinging easier on the back nine but i mean it translates that i thought what i thought was really cool again i don't want to get too give too much away about the course but the way that it starts off it goes you know one three and seven in terms of the the difficult the, the men's handicap on the holes you know yeah. it, you have you have two of the toughest followed by you know another and those are it's a par five par four and par five right off the bat yep yep Normally you'd see that and be like, okay, sweet. There's only what? There's there's four, three par threes on the whole course. Yeah. There's not many par threes out there. Yeah, there's two on the front. Uh there's two on the front. There's four. Four? Yeah, there's okay. four. Um But yeah, I mean the, the par threes weren't particularly tough either. No. I just we just couldn't we just didn't do that well on them, it looks like. Um what really changed for me though on the back nine was again I shot a forty four on the front. I had I didn't have a single par. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bogeys, a birdie, and a double. And then on the back nine, I had nothing but pars. Nothing but pars. I had a lot of birdie looks uh going down the stretch there too, and I missed three straight birdie putts by like an inch or so. Yeah. Or so. I was putting for par. I wasn't trying to make the birdies, and they were a little bit slower because the the greens were yeah the greens sanded. were the greens were tough. But that's not really an excuse. I this this is the back nine. I know that it's slower than normal, and I I didn't really play for I didn't play aggressively. That's probably why I had pars though. You know, usually I miss those no, putts on the way back. No, no, so. no. Um, it was a nice little rhythm. Yeah, it's it's uh. It was fun. Uh, again, you you were struggling a little bit off the tee on the front nine. You yep. got that dialed in. Yeah, there's something to be said for swinging hard. I think that's somewhat of my issue with the driver. I think I've fallen in love with when I was hitting it well and trying to swing too hard myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I, I I felt I played pretty well. That seems to be right now, and I don't practice that much, and I'm not playing that much, so I can't really expect any more results than that, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I had a lot of pars out there. I had a fuckload of doubles that are mostly a result of being in terrible position off the tee. Yep. Um, I think I can go back and look through all my doubles, and I, I don't think I doubled for a lapse of like you know hitting bad approach shots in, or it, it's, it was all just off the tee that was killing me. So. Yeah. Um, Look to fix that. Um, like what you said, I think expectations uh, plays a huge role in your mindset out on the course. If you put in a lot of work and you go out there and stink, that's one thing. I mean, you might you could probably be upset with yourself, but if you don't get to practice that much, you don't get to play that much, well, I dude, think having a positive mindset, being like, okay, taking the positives from, your, from the start of your round. And it's not even practice. I mean, I go to the range, but it's just, you know, the range isn't, it's it's, it's only so much practice. It's a lot different when you're hitting shots, uh, you yeah. know, on the, you know. Uneven lies. Uneven lies, lie, side hill lies, all that, just on the tee box, trying to see the shape of the hole and stuff. Right. So, um I need to where I I need to just play more, even if it's playing nine holes more right. often um, to get my I think and that's going to help me me greatly. Um, and I need to get back to 
I, I re- I've fallen out of my true pre-shot routine. I got a little bit back to it on Sunday um, and, and kind of getting back with the mental game, but I need to get back strict in my routine. And I think that I can have this driver straightened out pretty, pretty solid after that. Um, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, what was the, your shot of the day? You think? Ooh, good and bad. What was your best shot? What was your worst shot? Uh, I'd say my best shot. Uh, okay. So God, worst shot. There's a couple. I'll go, I'll get with the worst shot first. Aside from some of the hooked drives that were pretty bad. Um, and I managed to kind of make do with those 18. I was sitting pretty I, just because I hate when this happens and it happens to me all the time with my 60 degree and it's where I get caught between do I want to swing hard with my 60 or do I want to dial it back with my 54 um, and typically when I swing hard with my 60 I will hit like the and, and if I'm on a little soft ground I'll hit like a little just chunk right underneath it right yeah so I'm laying three on the front side of the green about like 75 yards to the pin where the pin was and uh, instead of going I was like ah, I should play this low I've been doing work going great low. I tried to go high and take it at it with the 60 and I fucking just completely did went right underneath it. Uh, didn't test, didn't take test the ground right underneath it into the bunker, hit a great bunker shot out, got out of there with a bogey. But I was looking, um, that's like the, the shot you practice on the range to warm up too. you. Think I know that? it's so it's, and, the, and I, here's a problem with that too, is we're typically hitting off mats. Right. So that shot's a little easier off the mat versus mm-hmm. on, on the actual course where you can do what I did, pull underneath and ch- to pay it out. Um, oh God, I, I hate doing that. I was just going to say, you would think, I mean, that, that, that seems like an easy, an easy shot. I was just going to, I was going to say something. I totally spaced out, but, um, and then your best shot of the day. Best shot of the day. Hmm. I'm going to say, Probably I gotta go with uh forget what, what hole it was on the back nine, but I had a nice a really nice seven iron, or maybe even I think it was a six iron into a green that was I was kind of under a tree. Um and uh I wanna say it was maybe eleven. Okay, it's a three hundred and thirteen yard par four. Did I get a par? Yes you did. Yeah, so it was probably 11. I uh, hit my drive, and then I was in a fairway, and I think I went a six iron into the green because it was a little windy and uphill. And uh, I was uh, on the backside, and I just missed my putt for a birdie and had a par. But a nice little middle iron into the green. And then aside from that, I hit a couple really good chips out there too. Corky best shot of the day was the the chip from the fucking – Lake Michigan size green that I hit on that one time. Oh, that was, was amazing. <laughs> so when we were walking up to that, you were saying, I was like, you're, you know, the greens were super sandy. So if there's any time to do that, well, and I was a legitimate like 100 feet, 100 away. feet beyond that, I was far away. So yeah, uh, I got to pull out the old chip off the green, which is not, uh, and then a chip to a gimme distance. So yeah. it was nice. That was, it was <laughs> expertly executed. I can. I don't. I don't think I have that shot in the bag. Uh, what about yourself? I think I got a good idea what your worst shot of the day is. But what do you got for your best? Okay, um, my best, I think, was I had. I think I had two of them. Um, well, no, one's a quirky one. We'll say then. My best one was that blind shot off the tee that you uh, on that par three. Okay. Yeah. 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 And he told and and. Dude, Al, Al said it was shot of the day. Shot of the day stuck in my mind, and that was when I executed perfectly. I had the little slight little fade to yeah, it, a little, yeah, yeah. tiny little cut hit it flush it landed right down the sh- right down the the chimney uh and, and rolled back and i missed that putt by like an inch that was my worst iron shot on that hole i hooked my iron my that's iron. right um <laughs> that's that was right. a good shot also your birdie on the front nine the birdie on the yeah that one was a really good one that I'll was be, a nice little wedge into the green yeah i'm gonna be honest though i i, I caught that a little thin 
And, oh, it just worked out. It nice just for worked you. out, and, and it was going left, <laughs> and uh, it worked its way back right. I was like, "Oh shit, that's gonna land right right near it," and um, I caught just enough to enough of it to have like, a lot of spin. But okay, yeah, yeah, I wasn't nearby you, so I, I didn't actually. I just saw the result. Yeah, but that was a great shot. The only birdie of the day it was a gimp was was given to me by Al. But oh, it, I mean, dude, that thing it almost went in. That would be sweet. Um, but yeah, then my worst. Oh no! Then my my best shot that was like a gimmick shot was that one on the, the one you chipped on the that the the one the green that you chipped on was that super long yeah it was like skinny green hell along I was short and on the very front edge of it and that's the one I hit the eight iron down and around that tree and it ended up going onto the green remember we had that uh we had I was in the on the right side of the fairway I don't think I was by you I was on the other side of the fairway. No, you saw you you saw oh, you saw I? that shot. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yeah. yeah I know where you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yep. So that was probably my best uh, like gimmick shot of the day, and then my worst and one. And you still ended up being a little farther away than we had thought. Yes, exactly. That's correct. That's right. Um, the worst shot of the day was that one. I I, I don't know if I fucked up, but it sounded so weird. There was something that was in between the ball and ooh and the club. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um. What was the one you were thinking of? That was that one I gave you. Like I didn't yeah, cause cause that it, was that it, it there was like something there was like something. a stick or something in between. I was gonna say on the par three on the front nine. That, yes. Oh yes. Uh, that, I, I know you exactly. totally missed it, but I don't you it's very rare I see you miss a shot that that bad. It, it, <laughs> it, just so you guys know that it was okay, hold on. I mean I gotta I gotta really lean into how shitty the shot this was. <laughs> it's hundred and ten yards, uh, and you're like a hundred feet above the um, the green and so it plays like a 90 something yard shot oh no i'm thinking the other one <laughs> okay hold on so this one th- that this one i we uh, both fucked up on this one and, and i was so short we I, I thought i lost my ball but it, it ended up just, just plugging um yeah so i completely missed the green almost lost the ball on a, on a less than 100 yard hole you're thinking of that like 150 yeah or it, it was playing uphill oh oh yeah yeah it's like number eight or something I think, it's right? number eight that's my double bogey on the front um that's the <laughs> yes. double bogey i had i can't remember exactly it was just a a, a nasty slice with the first tee shot oh yeah that's right I was fucked from the very beginning on that one, but yes, that was that, that was, was that was. Uh, so I felt our, our on that little shorty, we just misjudged. We should have we should have clubbed up. Yeah, it's I, tough. It's tough that that one. There's so much goddamn elevation to not, and yeah, like for your you really first have time to, yes. playing it. You know, now it's like that's like it's like that hole at Peacock. That's kind of the same. That the uphill the tenth hole, the tenth hole at Peacock. Oh, the tenth hole. Yes, R three yes, yes, that yes. goes super downhill. Mm-hmm. Like right, we know not to hit like our fucking sandwich into that now so yeah to, so get a little break on that one and that one there was like a twig between your ball or something that was something weird it sounded you it, could you could hear the way it sounded i was in the car it was yeah funky. it wasn't a thwack it like had like a little echo a little twine after it or mm-hmm. something like that uh but yeah ended up salvaging par on that hole um that you that something was in between the club face and the ball but yeah, that was my that was those I had several worse shots. Of the I day. had some very poor shots too. But um, like you can't count like a duff or something like that. Those are kind of boring. Um yeah. but yeah, those were those were pretty bad. Um anything else? Oh, yes. So court was should we just get into the review? Course review. Let's get into review it. Review it. So we always break it down once again, facilities, course conditions, and course design and playability. And we follow it up with some uh with a with a McKinsey score here, so um, what do you what do you think of the facilities? I thought the facilities were uh, nice. Pro Shop was nice. Uh, I mean, you know, whatever. Public Pro Shop. It's kind of weird. It's got a little country vibe to it, but the right. bar was cool. The restaurant was good. Good food in the restaurant. Um, driving range doesn't open till nine thirty, which is kind of whack for the early rounds, and then. It's also kind of a funky driving range. It looks like basically you're just blasting balls into a fucking mountain. Yeah. Um, I desperately want to um, go and, and see what that's like at least one time before a round. That'd be really... And then you can also hit some balls into the lake that's there. Right. 
I wanted. Uh, I didn't see anybody do that while we were there. So what the, the, what they have is behind the the pro shop and the the restaurant, they have three mats set up there, and then it it overlooks um, a lake that has yardage markers set up in in the lake. In the lake. And so you can go, it looks like in what Dylan was saying, that you could go behind there and hit some balls into the lake. I don't know how many, but like we were there early, nobody did it. And then we were there for like an hour and a half after watching the uh, the Giants game and nobody hit balls out there. But that's a cool little funky thing that, that someone can go do. That'd be really fun yeah. to have a few pops after a round and then go out there and see who can crush one the furthest. Um, I thought it was really cool. The the one thing I feel like it has to be a shout out is the the bogey burger. Yeah, that was delicious. I think the whole burger dog thing is just like everybody has a version of the book uh, burger dog now. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, this was a nice little interesting take on it. But it was great. It was absolutely awesome. It, I'm, I'm going to post a picture of it on our Instagram. It looks fantastic. It has big thick pieces of American cheese on it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Very good. Uh, I almost call, called it a boogie dog because Boogie Cousins just drained a fucking three. Um, dubs Ooh. are playing the Nuggets right now, so I, we got it on the background. Um, yeah, what else here for course conditions? Course conditions. So the tee boxes and the fairways were in really good shape. I feel a little bad harping on on the greens because they they punched them and sanded them and. Everyone does that in April. Yeah. So you can't really hate on them for that. From what I saw, though, on the back nine, the greens were uh, a lot better than on the front nine. It just seemed that there was more of them that were behaving like a normal green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so assuming that those are still on the mend, I can see if the, uh, in a couple months those are going to be really, really nice. Uh, the greens look like they'd be really fun to putt on. They're, they're challenging, but not too tough. No, they were uh, slow and frustrated. I mean, I hate putting on slow greens, yeah. so I, I was not a fan of them, but I, I do understand that they were just punched, so that makes sense, um, and it looks like they went pretty deep and, and a good amount of sand in them, too, so the two, I think they said two weeks ago, so yeah, um, that makes sense. There was a couple greens that had some bad... Uh, I don't know what the term is, fucking grass virus or infection. There was oh, two, yeah. one on the front and one on the back. They were real fucked up. Yep, um, yep. They're like pockmarked, essentially. Like It looked like the greens had ringworms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from those, yeah, I can see how, how it, it they, they do probably are, or they are probably pretty nice in, yeah. in the middle of the summer. Uh, yeah, fair boxes were great. Fairways were nice. I didn't notice any bad issues with the fairways. No, fairways the only good. bunker I hit into was on 18. Okay. Um, with that little shitty duffed 60 degree wedge. Right. Um, and the sand was great getting out of it. I had a nice, easy, okay. sand, nice, soft sand. Hit good bunker shot out of it. So um, I had no complaints really. Yeah, I think everything was held up quite nice. You think that it would be because a lot of the holes remind you of Presidio and Presidio. Yeah, it definitely has a Presidio vibe, but it, yeah, it's a little warmer out there and less, less like you said, less sloppy and and wet and kind of bogged down than Presidio right. gets. The yeah, Presidio has a lot of um, uneven lies in the fairways too. There are a couple that are like that, but um, not not nearly as bad. I felt anyway, and they they had nice collection areas to where even if you did, you know, hit in the middle of the fairway and it would like yeah, see the camera to the a left, a little more forgiving. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, no real complaints about the conditions. I mean, like I said, they just they just greens were the slow, greens. but we know they were just sanded. So yeah, um, course design and playability. I was looking forward to this part because. Uh, I really like how the course started off as like a little mini gauntlet. It puts you at a par five, par four, par five, just to start off. And we touched on this earlier. It's a, the handicaps one, three, and seven. Yeah. So three tough, of the hardest holes are off the Tough, bat. tough holes. The par five um, is kind of a dog leg. Has a tree a right in the middle. tree right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a three shot in par five, no matter where you're at. Yeah. So... Um. Uh, yeah, 
And I, I think a lot of their par fives were kind of designed like that too, which is cool. That, um, that tree really protects that hole because you can't just bomb it down the middle. You got to really, if you, if you want to have a, a shot on, uh, at that hole in two, you have to bomb it and it has to be accurate. You have to be on the right, side, be on of the the right side of the tree. Mm -hmm. If you're on the left side of the tree, there's no way you're bombing it over there. Yep. Or you're, you're, you're getting on in two. Um, yeah, the second hole is tricky. Um, but but yeah yeah it, it is cool how they all set up I I I love the design yeah quite frankly with the undulation and the hills and the setup I think like I just said it's more forgiving than Presidio is it kind of looks a little more narrower than it actually plays yes. I feel um, completely although, agree with that uh, although I, I I did spray some balls out there uh, at the back nine. I, I, but, I, it's like a Presidio light and in, in it uses a lot of the elements that Presidio uses to make it what it is. That course is awesome as it mm -hmm. is, but you're like exactly what you're saying. It's, it's more forgiving. And if you don't play it perfectly, then Presidio there's a little bit less trees. You're just, there's still plenty of hazards and out of bounds and there's a ton of water on the course too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I totally a good, agree with that. A lot of blind shots. A lot of blind shots. Presidio doesn't have too many like actual blind approach shots. Like the green will be visible, but just elevated or whatever. No, there's um, a, a handful. I Presidio? Well, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. saying out here, um, a, a good amount of blind shots. Yes, yes. I mean, there's a couple at Presidio, but like like the second shot on uh, on that par five, but I don't know if you count that as a really true blind shot into the green. Uh, even the par threes, the par three we played that my best shot of the day was yeah that was totally blind a, a completely blind shot you got to walk up you got to pick a tree to aim at figure out gotta, yeah figure out where uh, the flag is and, and let it rip uh, so I really I really enjoyed that it's cool eighteen's a cool design I've never yeah. played a par five that's like fucking U shaped almost you know yeah. like uh, surrounded by it's completely surrounded by bunkers um, another one that was really cool was sixteen. It's a, that was also a par five. And oh, you remember that yes. one? Yeah. So that one, there's a, the women's green is to the left and that's like a two and shot the hole. the men's green is crazy bacon strip green up. Yeah. 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 That's a quirky asshole. And you, and you really have to bomb it to, to have a shot. A at, quirky at a, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you really, <laughs> you really have to bomb it to have a clear shot at the green in two. And then it's got to depend where the flag is. Too. Yeah. And then, or you have to, uh, you have to um, hit it short and try to go over the trees to the green. Yeah. There's, if you just hit a, a normal drive, that's a three-shot hole to yep. get to it. If You have to do one of those two things to really have a shot at, at making an eagle there or making a tap-in tap bird. But it was awesome. Oh, that's, the one, that's the one I hit, one of the better drives I hit all day. And uh, I, tried to, I tried to shape the shot like I did earlier in the round around the trees, and I just missed off where everybody else yeah, misses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hit a decent drive. I was up, I was super side-hilled, though. And then I hit a really good second shot. I hit a mm -hmm. four-iron into the side of that hill. Right, that's right, right next to me. I was right? I was on the other side of the bunkers. No, oh, okay, I was on the front okay, side. okay. And then I fucked up on my third shot. I I, uh, I landed it on that, that berm where oh, the hill was. Yeah. And it just took, it, it hit and just took a ridiculous bounce. I, I hit it too, I hit it too hard anyways, but... It hit that hill and fucking took a ridiculous match. <laughs> this just cracks me up, dude. Because I'm looking at the, they have like a little snapshot of what the 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 whole layout looks like, um, uh, for that hole, and it looks nothing like what it looks like in real life. It looks like you can just hit it in the middle of the fairway and go like, look at six, look at sixteen here. It looks like you can just go to the right, or you can just hit gun in the fairway and you can go, you can just. There's no trees in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks nothing like that. Non-represented. The right side is completely side-hilled and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the design. They used the elevation very well. Um, again, you got some cool blind shots. You just got some really unique holes that I've never really kind of played any any holes like that so uh that was, and we that talked was about that before uh before we even played it during our preview which was it's uh the architect is this is the only course on record that he is attributed to designing robert robert nyberg and I've, i haven't really seen a course like like that you know it used a lot of like swales and collection areas and blind and they weren't necessarily hazards but it would just be like 
dips in elevation that you can't really see from yeah. your shot. You have to play that course and really, really to understand. And there's no service out there. So you can't use things like 18 birdies and shit to get distance yeah. and stuff like that. You really have to go out there and, and shoot it. Um, and then know what you can, what's there, what you can't see. So I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I enjoyed not being so 18 birdied and glued to yardages and kind of just guesstimating and right. using stuff too. Um, not that I can like land a ball, you know, pick a number and land a ball on that. But I think that doesn't help to the amateurs golf swing. Like, well, Oh, I'm 155 out to the flag. It's like, you know, like, let's just call it that you can pick the right club. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's good like, enough hey, for me. You know, where's the 150 right there? Mm-hmm. Does this really look like a seven? Is it better yeah, to be short? Maybe like long. a six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. The, the McKenzie, the McKenzie time. What do you got? I'm going to give it a 3.7. 3.7 McKenzie's. That's a good one. That's a good score. Pretty so, good price point. Yeah. Uh, for the Bay area. I'm going to give them the a little pass on the greens being so fucking slow and inconsistent because they were just punched. Um, so we'll have to go back in the summertime and play and, and make a final judgment. Do you know what other course you gave a 3.7? I mean, I'm sure it's, it's really tough to remember. Uh, yes, only because I looked oh. at the <laughs> uh, course review list. So it stands in the same ground, the same hollowed grounds as Sharp Park. I love it. And I think that's a really good, a really good rating yes. for it. Um, and I'm really close to that. I'm going to go for, for this one. I'm just going to go a 3.6. Uh, just going to, the, the practice facilities were a little bit lacking. I, yep. di- I, I did enjoy the bar and restaurant. It was fucking awesome seeing the camaraderie that they have there. That's what golf is about being able to, you know, go out and play and, and go back and, and bullshit about and recap the round with your friends. And there was just a lot of that going on. And it looked like there was a lot of people that were there just to hang out. Yeah. You know? Plenty of non-golfers. Plenty of non-golfers out there. Uh, I just think that the the facilities were a little bit lacking, and we can't really give it a full score until we see what the greens really do look like um, unsanded. Um, design was great. I think that was probably the the highlight for me was just seeing some unique holes that, you know, you get to – some of these, you know, famous architects – they de- they design the bulk of the courses that we play. So when you go and play a course that only just that someone only designed that only just one the only course, yeah. one of one, it is. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I've ne- we I've never played a course like that. Yeah. So um, you know, the, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna document these for our, for the record here. Uh, yeah, it was it was tough for me to to really put it into perspective because we haven't done a course review in really long, a uh, really long time. So I was ready to give it a lot higher of a rating um, than it probably deserved. I was looking at things like Torrey Pines, which only gave a 3.9. Encinitas, which was 3.7, which was a great, uh, three, uh, 3.75 rather, um, which was a great course too that we played. Yes. What do I got Tory Pines as? 3.9. I don't even know if I gave it that much. You gave it a four. Oh, shit. You gave it a four. Even I was surprised by that, too, because uh, you knocked down Pasta Tiempo a peg or two for being overpriced. I know. I should I, I'm, I you, should. I should give. But I then I, I, I raised Pasta back up. Yeah, you did. And I, I think I amended that. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. You you raised it a point one. Fuck Tory. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we also didn't get a very good day out there it was super like every time i've played out there it's been a bad day it's been all overcast and shit um all right so with that should we just jump into uh, we really wanted to talk about what makes a golf course great and there's plenty of of opinions on this i figure we just give a few minutes just a high level what we think really does make a golf course great because we've given now a few dozen reviews here What's your what's your mindset when you're going into what like um, what do you so I want uh, what I want right and I'm talking for what makes a golf course great for your the everyday Joe right, right? Um, so obviously you know when you go play like a historic course like Pebble or wherever Torrey Pines 
why I gave Tory Pines a four is probably just because it's Tory Pines, right? Not because it's like that great. Um, so on the average Joe side, what makes a golf course great? I think like you were just saying environment, um, a good clubhouse, right? So a good clubhouse, good restaurant, cool bar, cool people working there. Yeah. Preferably some good facilities because that's how you kind of get, you know, get to know people, right? Mm-hmm. People that are always out on the range with you. Obviously, your course should be in good shape and taken care of. Um, and I think, you know, as far as design, it's, you know, you got to use what is given to you where you're you're located. But, you know, uh, cool, cool use of what you're, you're, the cards you're given as far as the lay the land mm-hmm. that you're on and, and make it fun for all, all areas. But to me, I think what makes it great is kind of, you know, your environment and the people yeah. around uh, more so than anything else. Yeah. So like essentially what you're talking about is like, if you go to like a sporting event, like your the, the ticket isn't just to go watch the game because you can watch it on TV. You're paying extra for the environment. Hundred percent to be a, to, to be a part of of the scene, to be a part of the the vibe, the overall. Think vibe of any there. NFL game you go to now, yeah. right? Like I don't, I'd I'd much rather football comes to my like particular because mm-hmm. I'd rather watch an NFL game at home, right? Than live with like the cameras they have. But I'm going, I'm paying to go to the environment, right? Yeah. Go to Bulldog Stadium, go to Levi, go to Mile High, right? Yeah. Be with all the fans and shit. Um, more so than just watching the game because I'd rather just watch the game from my couch. Right. I mean, you, you you know exactly what's going on. You know everybody's stats. You get replays. You yep. get um better camera angles. You get uh things that you can see exactly what happened. If somebody's out of the game for an injury, you know, or someone's dealing with something, yeah. you know. I totally agree with that. Um, what else you got? I mean, that's. I don't know. I I guess you got to have some sort of signature hole, right, yeah. or a calling card hole. Mm-hmm. And if you got those two things, I think you're good. Yeah, I think we have a lot of 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 similar requirements or or criteria. We'll say uh, because the number one thing that I put on here was number of holes remembered when you walk away, when you're done. Um, and and vibe is obviously important, which I'll get to. But number one for me is holes remember when you walk away. Can you remember? You know. How many? How many can you remember yeah. the first time you play a, uh, a course? One of those courses to me that stands out is like a pasta tiempo. You know what I mean? Yeah. You remember so many of yep. those holes when, uh, after you're done um, that you walk away being like, oh, yeah, I remember what happened on yeah, this. Bro. You're really good at remembering all the, all the shots and all the holes on the first try. It takes a little bit more for myself. And uh, that's one thing that I've, I've, I've valued highly. And and what's funny about that is even a, a little course like Indian Valley can do that. You got know a lot I mean? of memorable holes. A lot of memorable holes. Uh, second is um, I like a little bit of history. Yeah, I like it. Doesn't have to be oh this U.S. Open happened here or you know this famous person played here or this or that. It could it could just be like oh well this is built on this was th- here's how this course was founded or how it started like presidio is super cool to yeah. me yeah lincoln it, park is yeah right like that's got it doesn't have like us open history but it's you know like ken venturi all those old yeah. timers used to go out there and just fucking practice and, and play out there way back in the day so, exactly yeah the history element is definitely nice um presidios like that too has a very rich history and how it was you know formerly san francisco golf club it essentially was uh, shelled by artillery for for war war practice and war games and stuff like that, um, which I think is really cool. So it's not required. Like you know, we can go play. You can go play a course that's a resort course or like a, a mm-hmm. you know something that looks incredible and walk away from it and say that's a, that's a great course. And it's not required, but that's personally what I like. I like reading about the history. I like learning all that stuff. I think it's really cool to walk in the footsteps or you know because you for example. You and I will never, likely never shoot a basketball on, on Chase Center's floor. No. But you and I can go play Torrey Pines or Harding yeah. Park where, they have, where they've held majors Two before. Two majors in the last couple of years. We can stand years. exactly yeah. where these guys have played and take our best shot. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about the game. Yeah. So um, I, that's why I do like a little bit of history because it, it adds to the overall experience, the overall vibe. 
Um, I do like a golf course with a good vibe. I don't like if it's super stuffy or whatever. If it has a rich history or something like that and it's expertly designed, well, super well kept, you know, you can kind of get away with that. But if I was going to design the best golf course ever, vibe's important, like you were saying. And then, uh, not necessarily lastly, but the third main thing I, I thought was the allowance of creativity on the par fours. It's really easy to design a signature par three. Yeah. Because it's a one shot hole. Yeah. You're only playing for one shot. Same with par fives. You you can make a very interesting interesting par five, but there's only so many you can have on a course. The bulk of every golf course is made up of par fours. So the for me, the creativity that you can play the par fours, in my opinion, really sets apart the elitely designed golf courses. I like that. Versus, you know, the so-so ones. How many times have we played courses that have signature holes that are great, but they have like six of the same par four? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the great things about the the greatest designers uh, in the history of the game is they make those par fours memorable. Yep. You look at Allison McKenzie, he's probably the king of that. Uh, number eight at Pebble Beach is the best par four in the world in my opinion and um you know i'm i don't think i'm alone when i say that uh so being able to go to the tee box and be like okay i'm gonna hit a driver and a wedge into this or somebody can go out there and be like hey i'm gonna hit a three iron in, in a in a seven iron. yeah yeah total total mix and blend of games that you can and ways to approach it exactly i think it's it's something beautiful and i think that's really what makes it what separates it separates it out so um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I, I, I do like, I do like great facilities. I like, uh, but this is not as big of a thing as, as it is, is like the, the top, uh, the top golf vibe at an actual golf course. And, and I was trying to describe this at mountain shadows and yeah. in Scottsdale where it's, but that was just like a, a little microcosm of it. What would be sick is what I've heard they have abandoned dunes is, you know, there's a bar and restaurant and stuff like that in, in the middle. And then there's this huge putting green out there where people are, are putting around and, and drinking just around, and just yeah. sticking around with lights on and everything yeah. like that. And then the driving range with lights on and stuff like that. So like you can go out there and fuck around with your buddies or, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a not be taken too seriously exactly. and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not feel like you're at like a country club driving range. Right. Facilities practice. is important to me too because I, I like to practice a lot um, or as much as I can, and being able to go out there uh, and and have some like you know really good you know plenty of room uh, some something that resembles an actual golf shot on the driving range, and being able to have a, like a nice green to go practice on and not be like you know all over somebody else who's out there trying to practice. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um. Yeah. I I thought of other things like you know fun versus challenging or gimmicks and stuff like that. And, I, and gimmicks are great uh, and they're, and they're really fun, but not many great golf courses have gimmicks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. If, it, if the course has a gimmick, there's a reason, right? I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I like the uh, creativity on the par fours. That's that is. And just, uh, like you said, remembering, remembering holes. Yeah. Um, can you remember a hole? Can you, you know, how many memorable holes are there on the course? Um, especially on the first time you play it. So yeah, I think it's a nice little list we got compiled. Um, excellent. Good shit, my friend. Uh, do we have any golf bets this week? I know this is kind of a, a lull this week. We got the PJ Championship uh, coming up. I'm not going to bet on anything. I don't know. This Mexico Open, no. I got too much other bets going on. Shout out to, uh, though, shout out to Bubba Watson and Harold Varner for getting the top 10 there last week. Hell yeah. Uh, I think they finished tied for fourth. Sweet. Um, all right, let's wrap this up then. Let's get our up and downs. Um... I suppose I will start. I will get the bat out of the way. Downs. Um, downs, I could not drive the ball very well over the weekend, but that's that's okay. Um, that's all right. The ups, I thought I was positive through my whole round. I agree. Um, I've uh, took good positives, 
come to expect that if I'm only going to play every now and then, like I've been, like I've been doing, uh, that's probably just where I'm at as a golfer and to expect any more is kind of ridiculous. Um, and so just go out there and have some fun, hit some good shots. Don't get frustrated with the bad ones. And I think I did that. I think mentally, I also don't think I'm that far off. I, I still, uh, right. keep saying that, but my iron play was really well, really, I felt was, was very good. And so I, I, I don't think, you know, if I can get back to where I was driving the ball well uh, six months ago, I, I should, in theory, be okay. Yeah. Um, other ups, uh, goodness, I, I always say I got to write these down. Um, I totally spaced on one. Go ahead. Go yeah, on yours. I'll, I'll see go. if I can get them. Um, so I'll start with, with up. I was really proud of myself rebounding um, on the second on the second nine on Sunday. I was very frustrated after I couldn't make a single par on the front. Um, just took a little bit off the tee. or took a little bit of uh, uh, heat off my drives, and it seemed I just found a little bit more fairways, which resulted in a better score. Another up, um, Bandon Dunes coming up. Coming up. I think this is probably the third time I've referenced it on an up, but it's less than two weeks away. Hell yeah. I can't fucking wait. So I will next, yeah, next week we, we will do abandoned preview. Nice. So I got a lot of homework to do on Monday night. Um, and then down, I'm going to say Debo Samuel. I, 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 and I that I'm, would be a down. I'm, I'm going to take a minute here. Debo, you got a nephew in this house who loves you. He loves you. Bruce Duran, you're his favorite player. You need your money. I completely agree with that, but you're behaving like a teenager with cryptic tweets and Instagrams and likes and then unlikes and then cryptic messages that you put out through your people. Um, I just don't didn't expect this. You deserve your money. I completely understand. Um, and the reasons that I'm hearing that Again, this is all through the grapevine. This is not from him, but you keep adding to the issue by not saying any, by speaking and not saying anything. If you have every opportunity to come out and say what your position is and you don't do it. Um, so if it's a perfect world, what do I want? I want Debo Samuel as a 49er, he's awesome. He's a great fucking player. He's my, he, he was my favorite. He's my favorite 49er at, at this moment. Uh, people love him. I just think that uh, the way you're going about this is all wrong. You're completely right in demanding your money. But I just don't understand why he's, why he's doing it the way he's doing it. So that's going to be a, a, a uh, yeah, down for I mean, me. I think it's probably mostly to do with his, whoever his representative is. I, I, I would hope so. Um, but like to hear that he doesn't want to be a wide receiver slash running back, but then to say that he is the reason why he's so valuable and such a great player is because he has that skill set. So you're not going to get paid that kind of money uh, anywhere you, else. Anywhere else if you if you don't do that and do so, like and, and your and your options are limited to who can use you like that. And the grass isn't always greener. You don't want to get traded to the fucking Jets. Let's let's talk about Pablo Sandoval. Pablo, uh, <laughs> Pablo Sandoval. I said this earlier. Pablo Sandoval. He he got World Series MVP in 20 in 2012. Thought he was hot shit. Wanted more money than than the than the Giants were going to give him. Actually, the Giants offered him more, but he was upset about the first offer that he got from them and he went to the Boston Red Sox and sucked. That'd be like going to the New York Jets and sucking. Grass and then, isn't always greener. And then you and then what did Pablo Sandoval do? Pablo Sandoval came back and some like he got re completely released, picked him up off of waivers. He came back and apologized, tail between his legs. And what did the fans do? They forgave him. They forgave him, but he wasn't Pablo Sandoval of old. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go that route. Let's just let's just get the deal done. Uh, you're talking about Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Those guys are straight shooters. Just demand that money and stop with all the extra bullshit. Just go in there and tell me that this is what you want, and they'll make it happen. Trust. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, 
Yeah, down in general is the way some of these knucklehead pro athletes handle themselves. Yeah, and their contracts and uh, he's completely in his right to to demand his money. I don't I don't want to I don't want to get things. Construed. I agree he, with he, that one hundred percent. He owes no loyalty to the 49ers. if they're not going to pay him his uh, what he wants. Then I totally understand. But if we think this through, the Niners have control over you for three years. They can ruin your prime of your career if they really wanted to, but you know those guys aren't going to do that because they're stand-up guys. Uh, they ha- this is a business. They have to come in at a certain number. They have to come in at they a certain do, number. But also, if they came it's in the at- NFL, so there's a million other guys waiting to take his job and have are. to pay. Unfortunately, but if he's upset about the initial offer, you got to understand nineteen million, and you're asking for twenty-five. That's how you get there. They're going to come in at 19 because, look, you're not the best wide receiver in the league. I know this is a golf podcast, but this is I'm this is one of my favorite players. Uh, you're not one of the best wide receivers in the league. You're a wide receiver who is a really good, really good at running the football and and being. Yeah, good but you with, just said you don't want to do what you what arguably makes you the most unique wide receiver in the in the league. Thank you, Cordero Patterson is similar to what you do, but. Not nearly as good, not even a fraction of as good. He doesn't get that kind of money. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I wanted to say that I I want him as a Niner forever. He's one of my favorite players. Um, but that's my down. I forgot. We we can't end on a down. I forgot my up. Let's go. My big up. Ups to uh, the the power couple of golf. Finally, finally tying the knot. <laughs> DJ <laughs> and Polina. Let's go, baby. Uh, I thought they were always married this nope, whole time. Nope, engaged for a real long time to allow some maybe a little fuckery going on in between. Uh, you know, swinging boat parties. A, eh? uh, <laughs> but we know they're out living it up on a boat and doing it, oh, yeah. doing it the best. Shout out to them. Congrats. Um, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah, fucking beautiful wedding from what I saw on Instagram. Yep. It was great. Uh, good invite shit, us, invite yeah. us next time, DJ. <laughs> yeah. Invite us to your next one. <laughs> uh, good shit, my man. Uh, it's gonna be a busy week for myself. I'll be out of town. Um, I'll be on my first vacation in a long time. That's the other up I forgot. First vacation week long. We're going to the East Coast. We're going to DC. We're going to Charlottesville. We're going to Connecticut. It's gonna be great. Um, Cancun for spring break. We're gonna go to Cancun for spring break. They're gonna go to the White House. Ah! <laughs> um, and uh, but I will be back. Um, obviously not this upcoming week, but the weekend after that, right before, right pre, before Bandon. So we'll do a big uh, Bandon preview on. Let's do. It'll be the ninth or the tenth. So I'll try to get that out. Good shit, my friend. Well, it'll be two weeks. It'll be two it weeks. So uh, have a good two weeks, and until next time. That does it for this episode of the Sandy Pars Podcast. We want to thank you all for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast content. Join us next week for Randy's Band and Recap and Top 5 Tips for a Trip to Golf's Premier Resort. Lastly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sandy Pars Golf and visit our website, sandypars.com, for a full library of podcasts and additional golf content like course reviews, reading guides, and more. Special thanks to our producer, Ryan Thiessen, and until next time, hit them straight.